0: Hi, friends, it's Kayla Rannon. welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How's everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. I am currently about to leave for my road trip. I'm currently sitting in self tanner. I dermaplaned my face, I trimmed my eyebrows, I am basking in the glow. Gonna eat lunch after this, get some more work done. I finished packing and we are off to the airport and the road trip will begin. I'm going to fly to my first destination, be there for the weekend, and then we'll be leaving on Monday. So Chronicles will be to come. Make sure you follow me on TikTok and Instagram. I'm going to do my best to document all of it and share a little bit more about my digital nomad life, which is going to be part of the adventure of this year i really focus on building my business and my brand here in miami and that will always be where i'm based that is always going to be home and that is always where i'm going to end up Mm -hmm. but while i have the opportunity for the next few months to kind of travel and see where i go i'm really looking forward to it apologies for the text messages that are coming in um but yeah, I'm so excited that I get to document my life and bring you guys along with me and also not stop work while I do it. Like my goal was always to build a career and a lifestyle that felt right and felt aligned with me and I wanted to have a lifestyle where I could work because I genuinely enjoyed the work and I wanted to work and I enjoy having my own business and I enjoy helping the people that I do, creators and influencers and entrepreneurs in the creator economy. That is my passion, I love it so much. I love the networking, I love the mentorship, I love the content, I love connecting with people, all of it's so much fun. And I like to be able to have a life, you know? I get to log off and spend time with my family and my friends and myself and enjoy the beautiful weather of where I live And travel the world and you know, I bring my laptop and I work with me, you know, sometimes but also be able to shut things off and be present in the moment, which, you know, if you've been listening for a while has been my goal for the last few years. Um, But I'm not going out of office on this trip. I will be working, which, you know, I'm going to try to do the best I can. I'm going to document it for you guys, which I'm really looking forward to and I've never done so long road trip. I've never done a cross-country road trip. Um and yeah, I'm not going to tell you guys too much about it, but ahead of time um but follow along on social media to see as it's happening what I'm up to. And I don't want to give it too much away because to be honest, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's to come. I know where the starting point is, I know where the ending point is, and I know where we might try to stop along the way. But I don't know what to tell you guys. So follow along to to come along for the ride with me. Um, let's do a quick suck and sweet of the week and then we'll dive into this week's guest. My suck of the week. Mm, let's see. Something that I've been really working on recently is in my friendships and my relationships with just the people in my life, taking ownership and accountability of my faults in my and how my insecurities manifest in my behavior um, I'm really open I'm very emotional I'm very vulnerable and I'm very communicative not other not everybody is as communicative and emotional as me so I tend to have moments where I get upset or frustrated that the other person does not see things from my perspective or understand where I'm coming from because they just can't they are not going to be able to because they are not as emotional as me i feel things very deeply i think i wouldn't say i'm a full-on empath but i have more empathetic empathetic tendencies for sure and that plays a role a lot in my you know heated arguments and discussions and unfortunately it it does manifest in ways where i do hurt people unintentionally um, and I hurt myself ultimately more in the process, and that's something that I've always struggled with and I've been working on for years. And little by little, I'm getting better at it. I think as more people in my life are unafraid to to call me out and to be honest with me and that they truly care about me, so they want to help me help them help myself. And you know, it's really scary to admit this. Um, I feel safe doing so on the podcast. No other place. Um, it's something that I'm glad I have a journaling practice now because it's something that I'm really getting out of my system and talking about and journaling and making little changes to work on and to stop being so, you know, sensitive and, you know, pointing fingers and and picking apart words. Um, I've had it done to me before. That's where I learned it and I didn't like how it felt. So now realizing that I do indeed do it, I didn't realize it until really recently. Knowing I do it now, now I can do something about it. And I'm really looking forward to being able to work on that for myself and for the people in my life. And, you know, I... I'm excited to see how far I continue to grow and how far I continue to go personally, professionally, and just with myself. Ultimately, the goal is to fall more in love with myself and genuinely love who I am. And the more I become that version of myself that I truly love and cherish and support and champion, the more I can show up for the others around me and you guys. And so that's been a tough pill to swallow for sure but very, very necessary. And I'm glad that I have people in my life who genuinely do truly care about me and want to help me get better and be better. Um, So yeah, that's my suck of the week. A Little bit of a vulnerable moment there. And my sweet of the week is that I'm really excited for this road trip. Much needed getaway, a change of scenery and to explore some new places, places I've never been to before. And I'm just really looking forward to time away from Miami. Like I said, Miami will always be home. Miami will always be where I come back to and I end up. But, you know, the only way to know that you truly love something is to set it free, right? So it's it's time to spread my wings a little. It's only going to be two weeks, a week and a half really. And I'm really looking forward to some time away from the beautiful place i call home and my childhood bedroom because sometimes living in the place where you grew up isn't the most fun i'm grateful for it but i'm ready to to be in some fresh open air and some try new things and experience new things and i'm really looking forward to it and i'm so so grateful that i have the opportunity to do it and to do it with someone that i truly care about and i'm looking forward to spending more time with and building our relationship stronger and you know it's gonna be fun it's gonna be chaotic it's gonna be hectic um but it's gonna be really fun and i'm bringing the we're not really strangers card game along with us so to make the drive more fun and interactive and you know get to know each other in a way that isn't so scary like the not the 20 questions spanish inquisition um and i also have the serena kerrigan let's fucking date let's fucking play games so we're gonna play that as well um I love all these little card games i think they're so fun such a great way to get to know each other whether it's friends or dating i played it with my friend last night the we're not really strangers friendship edition i got a couple different packs so so much fun i've seen other people playing them out on dates which is hilarious and i love that i don't know if i would ever play in public but so fun um highly recommend getting them i will link it below so you guys can check them out um i think it's so so much fun to have a different way to get to know each other and dive a little deeper and it takes the pressure off because it's a game and it's supposed to be fun. Um, I actually have a TikTok that has done really well on why I like playing um, these card games uh, on like dates two, three, four, and five. Like really get to know that person in the first month and a half, two months, to see if that's something that you really want to continue to get to know because you really don't know somebody until you've really lived with them truly and get to know them for like six, seven, eight months, a year. Um, obviously, I'm not there yet, but you know, as we have these deeper conversations that are fostered by these card games, it makes it so much easier to get to know the person that you are trying to get to know. So I think it's such a fun, easy, low pressure way to get to know someone. So I highly recommend. And I'm really looking forward to the road trip. So, yeah, stay tuned, follow along, and I hope you guys are excited for this week's guest. She is someone who I think is doing something so genius. She's 27, so she's basically my age, and she, you know, she graduated from college. She didn't really know what she wanted to do with her life. She had the opportunity to go live abroad for a little bit. She thought, why the hell not? And four years later, she's been living abroad. And she started her own business abroad and it came out of just necessity and it has become so much more than that and it's become her true passion and she's using skills that she didn't think she had or didn't think that would transfer over into what she's doing now and we talk all about that and how she built her business and being an American living abroad and how entrepreneurship has shaped her and changed her and how she's grown from it and all the things that I love to talk about on here with you guys. We get really, really nitty gritty and I think it's such an incredible episode, especially if you are in that 20 to 22 range where you're still figuring out what you want to do. You don't have to have it all figured out and that's exactly what this conversation with systems with Sam is all about. Sam, she is someone that i'm so glad i have in my life now and i'm so glad i know and we're gonna work together i'm gonna be on her podcast too beyond the system so stay tuned for that and you know i think it's so fun to surround yourself with other like-minded people especially women and entrepreneurial women who get it and just they're young they're they're into it they're ready to put in the work and they're you know Making do with what they got and building something all on their own that allows them to live the life that they want to live and the life that they do live. And those are my kind of people. So I'm so glad I get to bring you guys this candid conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. If you like it, please leave a rating and a review. Please subscribe to the show, share with a friend, tag us as you're listening. Let me know who you want to see next, what topics you want me to cover next. And I will see you very, very soon. Meet Sam. Sam, what is something that people wouldn't know about you just from following
1: you? Oh, just from following me. I think, I mean, I guess it's something I don't talk about a lot, but I would say about two years into entrepreneurship or maybe like a year and a half into entrepreneurship, I actually applied to go to graduate school and I was planning on quitting my business and going to graduate school. I don't think I've ever shared that online actually. Um, I liked it. I I, I was going to give up.
0: Okay. I'm really glad you said that. Like, why? Like, because they there's that saying, right? You know, like most businesses don't make it past a year and like most businesses fail within five years. And you're in year four. So like you're getting closer to that point. But what made you and like I've also seen a lot of people, you know, they start off as a side hustle. And then they quit their full-time job and then they realize like, no, maybe like freelance or going on my own isn't for me. Let me go back to a nine to five. I have a lot of people, I know people who've done that, um, but you just, you were like considering going back to school. Um, Why going back to school instead of going to a nine to five job or like a traditional job, like talk to me, walk me through that, like thought process of like, okay, like things aren't really working out. Let me go back to school.
1: Yeah, I think there's a few moving pieces in it. Um so I'm originally from Oklahoma and I have a degree in biochemistry. So I graduated from school from university with a biochemistry degree and then I moved abroad and that was when I started my business as well. I didn't know anything about the online space before moving abroad and I kind of just fell into it, like went down a Google rabbit hole. I wasn't I have no experience in business or marketing. It was just something that I saw and I was like I really want to make some more money um and just have a bit more stability. And I like the idea of being able to travel and, you know, work from anywhere. The whole narrative around online work. I, I really like that idea. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm an Enneagram seven. So freedom is like very, I'm a very Sagittarius big too. you have fine. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. So you understand. You're like yeah. freedom um, is such a big core piece to everything yeah. I do. And um, I don't know. I just kind of fell into it. I started working as a virtual assistant. I started picking up clients and it just grew, Um, especially during the lockdown and stuff. I was, all I was doing was working. So I grew pretty quickly. Once I really put my focus into it, I think I went from like $400 a month to like $3,000 a month within just a few months. And and then I ended up going, I was traveling a lot during the time. And then I ended up going home, went back to Oklahoma. And I just had this whole narrative around, you know, this isn't a real job. This isn't a career. Um, this isn't, I'm from a very traditional family in a sense of my family all has graduate degrees. They all all have very, you know, nine to five traditional jobs, or my mom is a nurse, which is not a nine to five, but kind of the same idea, um, where it's there. It was all very just traditional career paths that people were on, and that was all I saw growing up. So in my mind, I just thought this isn't sustainable. This isn't a career. You know, I need to go back to school. I applied to do a graduate program in nutrition to become a registered dietitian because I was really passionate about health and wellness at the time, uh, and I still am, but really a lot at the time. And I thought I need to, yeah, go back to school, and then I can. Go become a registered dietitian, and then even my plan with that was like become a registered dietitian, and then like start an Instagram page and create my own personal brand and basically have an online business as a registered dietitian. So looking back, it was kind of like okay, you still do want to be an entrepreneur, but you also want this safety net as well. Um, and I think yeah, I just chose to apply because I didn't see where become being a virtual assistant could lead to long-term stability um, or I just couldn't see the bigger picture of what I wanted I didn't know what I wanted at the time and that just felt like a very safe option
0: yeah that's fair
1: I think something that like came
0: to me while you were talking is do you think because your parents all have like your family has graduate degrees and traditional jobs that that played a role in you wanting that safety net or was it like did they ever like no, don't do your own thing. You're like, that's not a good idea. They, did they ever put pressure or doubt in you? Or was it you just saw that they had that security and you wanted that?
1: I think it was definitely just seeing it for myself. They never pressured me to do one thing or the other. Like the only the only thing that I knew as a kid was you need to go to school. like That was always the pressure of like, you need to go to college um, and get some sort of degree. That's all my parents really wanted. And beyond that, it didn't really matter what we did. Like, my parents really wanted us to be happy and to pursue what we wanted to pursue. But I do think it was just seeing that and not seeing an entrepreneur, not understanding how running a business could actually create a different kind of lifestyle for that. And I think there was also a time in my teenage years. Uh, when my parents got divorced, and after the divorce, things were very, very chaotic within my family, especially financially and so from that time in my life, there was definitely a lot of desire to have a lot of financial stability, especially and that was why I chose to get a biochemistry degree that was why I chose to you know really pursue a more stable career path at first, or that's why I wanted to and So, yeah, I think it was just a lot of those old feelings come up of like, can I really make a living off of this? Can I really support myself? Can I, you know, I have, I really have this desire to be like financially safe and also, you know, more than financially safe. I want to be rich. I want to be wealthy. I want to buy nice things and, you know, whatever. Is that actually going to be possible or am I going to be this struggling entrepreneur um, because it's not as predictable? Yeah.
0: There's so much I want to touch on there. And the first thing is it's funny. You say like you saw them have stability and you really want that. And it makes sense why you craved it, especially having experienced like chaotic times. But for me, it's funny. Both of my parents are corporate America and they're still together, but they're both children of divorce. And actually all four of my grandparents are entrepreneurs or were, and like wow. they all, they all have failed. You know they all failed actually multiple times. I don't think any of them were ever really truly successful um in like the and I think also we have to reframe what success means like I think it's different to everybody, but digressing from that a little, it's funny that I didn't know that. I didn't know that all four of them were entrepreneurs. actually, I learned this last week, so that was really funny to me oh wow, yeah, that, that's a big uh yeah, that was like really interesting. <laughs> really I knew really... like, some of them were, but like I didn't know everybody was, so I was like. That makes a lot more sense now why my parents both chose the corporate America route, the stability, the finances, the 401k, the safety net, like that there's kind of like, there is a lot of mobility in their careers and in their companies. Not all corporate America jobs are like that, but that's why they chose it. They chose having like a roadmap and a guide and someone's kind of tell them what to do to do so they didn't have to that roller coaster of on emotions that comes with being an entrepreneur which I want to talk about with you. And like they never pressured me either. The whole thing was like you're going to school like that's a non-negotiable. But like they wanted me to be happy. They encouraged us to try out everything that interested us and really did a good job of giving us opportunities and resources and access to things. And I'm very grateful for that, but I kind of had it in my head too where like you know I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur pretty early on into law school but I was like I I was the only one holding myself back for so long. You know, I could have started things a lot earlier and be a lot more further along than I am right now which I'm okay with where I'm at right now. Definitely there's things I want to change and things I want to do differently and grow and all of that, but like where I'm at right now is is a good place to be. I just sometimes I'm like damn, I wish I would have started sooner, but it was because I was holding myself back from that fear of not being successful, not having that stability, not having that safety net, i that messaging like really hurt me. So it's interesting kind of seeing that that was like your kind of, you kind of dealt with that too. And for me, like I kept looking for jobs, even though I didn't want any of those jobs instead of just putting my energy all in on my own thing. And I, if I would have done that sooner, I think things would be a little bit different. Who knows? Now nobody ever knows what happens, but it's just funny to think of that. Like I never went I already done do more school things. Like there wasn't more for me to do in that sense, but I kept trying to convince myself that a firm was the right fit for me for that safety net rather than just go on my own. But um, I want to touch on, like you mentioned, like you did biochemistry and then you were thinking of doing nutrition, but you do operations. And so those don't really go together. How, <laughs> yeah, did, <I> <laughs> you, how did you go Sleeping. from a four-year biochem degree? Did you do well? Did you enjoy it? Like, what was your plan there? And then how did you end up abroad? Like, why go abroad after those four years? Did you try to get a job doing that? Or what happened?
1: Yeah, so I did really well in school. Actually, I've always been very good at school. Um, I understand how school works. I'm a good test taker, less in that sense, um, as a kid, for sure. But I... I don't know. It was when I was in my biochemistry degree, biochemistry is really a degree that's a stepping stone into other degrees, unless you want to have like a PhD in biochemistry, which not a lot of people who do biochemistry do that. Usually most people who have a biochemistry degree are going to dental school, med school, some even law school, um, pharmacy school. So most of my friends in college were, you know, had these plans where it was like, okay, I'm applying to vet school. I'm applying. My best friend, uh, is in pharmacy school. Um, I knew a lot of people that went to uh, medical school, PA school, all the different things. And I also said that throughout my whole four years as I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to med school. And then like six months later, I'd be like, actually, I think I want to be a PA, like a physician's assistant. And then a few months later, I'd be like, no, I want to go to med school and I'm going to be a dermatologist. And I was always just changing my mind and I could never nail down exactly what I wanted to continue to pursue. So you know, the last, and you have the same with law school. I think the last, you know, year to year and a half of your study, you have to go take the LSAT, you have to go take the MCAT, you have to go take a test to start applying to schools. And then you have to go to apply to school, and then you have to interview. And you have to start that over a year before you even, you know, go to graduate school. And I just never did. I just never started the process. I never took any tests. And I just was like, okay, well, I'm just going to take a year off after graduating. I'm going to go work and then I'm going to decide what I want to do later. So I just pushed off the decision and um, I graduated. I started working. I was just working as a server in like a really nice restaurant. I was making pretty decent money. And then one of my friends, she got into a master's program in Barcelona, Spain. And so I, she was like, I know you want to travel. Um, You're taking this gap year. Do you want to come with me? and live with me and maybe you can like find some work online or find some work there you know i don't know and i was like yeah you know why not so i just decided to take the leave i just jumped in went to barcelona i was teaching english online at first um and i hated that personally <laughs> like i i really hated it so that was how i felt figured fell into the virtual assistant rabbit hole but yeah i think with biochemistry it just i was good at school and it was something that i en- I enjoyed science. I really understood how science worked and it was something I was good at, but I never was passionate about it. I didn't love it or anything like that. I think really where my kind of superpower is, is, you know, seeing the bigger picture and then also breaking it down into really more simple ways to get there. I'm really good at problem solving, especially complex problems and breaking them down into, you know, more simple solutions that also fits really well with a scientist. Like I think I could have gone on to a graduate school and been fine. But I, when I started working online, that really came out to play a lot more because as a virtual assistant, I was just... Learning all of this new stuff, you know, learning all of these new tools. Like if if you start an online business, you are basically learning everything from scratch uh, because it's just a completely different world online. And so I really just dove into that head first, and I started solving problems and stepping into that problem solver role for most of my clients. And I also started seeing a lot of things that could be improved and optimized. And when I learned about systems and operations and stuff like that, it just felt like a really Natural fit where I was like, Oh, yeah, like this is something that I enjoy doing. I like mapping out how stuff is supposed to work. I like when my clients come to me with a problem, and then I can go and figure out how to make it better or solve the problem. Or even if they just say, Oh, I wish this works a bit better, like I love optimizing things and providing that efficiency. I do that in my own life as well a lot. And So yeah, so it just naturally kind of flowed into that once I started working online and started working with clients.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think anything that you learned in college helps you now? And you answered that.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: You know, I'm jealous that you were good at school. Like I was good at school up until high school, but college, like I love learning, but I'm not a good test taker. So school, like the, the assessment part of it, which in law school, you're- all
1: your grade is, is a test at the end of this class. And like, that was, yeah. I mean, really it's hard. crazy how it's set up. Like, yeah. that's the thing is like, I I was good at taking a test, but I know so many people are not, and they're still, you know, probably smarter than me, or they probably know more than me about something, but just because I'm, yeah, yeah I'm good at taking, t- it's a skill, you know, it's, it's, it's a skill. And that,
0: if, yeah. yeah. It just sucks that like the education system sometimes, like it's better suited for some people and not others. But I think it's really good that you were able to kind of extract what you could from that program and use it in new ways today. And I think, you know, it's funny, like you said, like you were a server when you graduated college, like you, you were good at school and you think you would have been happy, you know, like you think you would have been good at being a scientist or something or med school because you're good at school, but you weren't, you wouldn't have been happy and you wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. And I think at such a young yeah, age, as such a pivotal part of your life, I think that is huge that you knew that. And it took me a little longer to figure that out. Like, you know, I was in law school and I was trying to make myself be happy doing something that I knew I wasn't happy in. And so I think it's huge that you didn't even like, I think it's a sign that you like kept putting off even applying and like choosing which test you're going to take for which graduate program. I think that's huge. I think a lot of people- just go with the flow and they see what everybody else is doing. And they don't really stop to think it's just like, it's the plan. It's always been the plan. It's what everyone's told them. They've already set their mind to it. Like they're just going to follow through with it. And it doesn't hit them until a little bit later. And that's what happened to me. And I'm grateful for it. And it all worked out, but I think it's good that you knew that. And more people I wish were like that. And I think maybe like the people in their lives fostered that, like that curiosity of like questioning, like, is this really what you want rather than Oh great! Like, let me know how I can support you in that. It's like, but ask me—is that really what I want? And I—that's something I I do a lot with law students that I mentor. Is like, why do you want to go to law school? Like, you keep saying that you haven't taken the asset or You keep putting off writing all these statements. Like, clearly, there's something here, but they don't want to hear it. And like, it it sucks. No, nobody wants to told. Like, maybe that's not the right place. But I think And I
1: think it's just—it's very scary as well. You know, like it's scary to have a plan and to be like. I don't want to do that plan. Yeah. Like,
0: Nobody likes to have their, their
1: plans scary. poked
0: holes into, but that's, that's part of life. Like it's not always going to go yeah. according to plan. And I think we need to do a better job of teaching people just that, you know, it's okay to go with the flow and try new things and pivot. Like it's not a failure if things don't work out. Like you like some people would probably say like you're not successful because you didn't do anything with your degree even though you did something you were doing really well at it like but you know that you are successful because success is different to you and I think that's like a reframe that just society needs to have in general but okay you said you didn't like teaching English you were in Spain you but you really enjoyed being there you I mean you stayed you've been there for four years now (laughs) <laughs> um, talk to me. And I know lockdown had a big part of it, but how did you get into the virtual assistant world? You said like the Google rabbit hole, but what made you like, who told you about that? Like being a virtual assistant or is that something you found and you are like, oh, I can do that. Like, I like this. Talk, walk me through building like the initial, okay, I'm going to start a business being a virtual assistant.
1: Yeah. So it was definitely just like the beginner's mindset of i was partly desperate to not teach english anymore and another part desperate because i needed money and teaching english does not pay well online um i think in general probably teaching english does not pay well but teaching english does not pay well and also i had a lot of free time so i was only teaching 3 or 4 hours a day and then the rest of the time i was just like chilling and so yeah i just started googling ways to make money while living abroad, ways to make money without a work visa, like just all of these different things. And then I think I just found it in a Facebook group or something. And it was like, oh, you should check out this course. Uh, someone else had asked something similar. You should check out this course about how to be a virtual assistant. And I just, I it was a webinar funnel. So I just watched this webinar and it was like, here's, you know, the skills you can learn to be a virtual assistant. And these people who are working online need these this help from you. And it was like writing blogs and social media and, you know, all the things that virtual assistants do. And I just thought, oh, I think I can do that. Like, how hard can it be? That's, that's literally what I thought. How hard can it be? Like, there are so many other people who are doing that right now. You know, I have a degree in biochemistry, like surely I can figure this out. It was just kind of that spring. <laughs> That's order. a good mindset to I mean, have And I finished though. college, <laughs> yeah, but surely I can just figure this out too. And it was a course. I was like, well, I'm good at school. So I'll just take this course. I'll just learn how to do it and it will be fine. Obviously it was way, way, way harder than that, way harder than I expected it to be, but hard in a good way and a challenging way that really had you know made me grow as a person. And I think the first six months I really just worked for basically free. I did like free internships. I did really cheap um, projects because I had no experience. So I really had to build out my portfolio. Uh, I just practiced a lot and then I finally signed my first like long-term client at I think $20 an hour. After those first six months. And from there, it was just like, because I had done so much free work, it was really easy to continue signing clients because I was like, you know, would see a job for a content writer, content assistant. And I was like, oh, well, I've already written, you know, these five blog posts for my internship, my free internship I did. Like, here they are. And look, they're even published on this website. And so I would definitely say, like, don't discount the impact of, you know, being a beginner, like having the beginner mindset and don't be afraid to do stuff for free and you know just get your feet wet and see what happens and see what you enjoy because when I started as a virtual assistant I thought oh I will probably go into social media or do content writing and I didn't even know anything about systems or that systems really existed at this point and, and you know now that's the farthest thing from what I do well not the farthest but it's pretty far off from what I do now in the virtual world so it's I think definitely just having that beginner mindset helped me so much throughout the first two years of building my business because I really approached everything with just like, okay, well, I've already figured out this much. I've surely I can figure out this next thing. And I really also prioritize like investing in myself as much as possible with taking courses and learning new things, or even just watching, you know, free videos on YouTube, or if a client had a problem, you know, offering to work on it for Even if it was a higher paid problem, technically working at it as my VA rate just to practice and have that experience in my tool belt.
0: I think that's huge, and I think a lot of people. I mean, you started out; you needed the money. It wasn't that you didn't like you were just doing it to do it.
1: Yeah, I was definitely not financially secure for sure. Yeah, but I think it's huge that you you know you 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 were like you know what
0: I see the ROI on this like I see the long the long term like. I'm going to do it for free or do it for less just so I gain experience and add to my tool belt, tool belt. I think that's a good, like a huge mindset that a lot of people like they want to be successful right off the bat. And like you said, it took you six months to get your first paid client at $20 an hour, six months in the grand scheme of things is not a long time, but at the beginning, it's a long time. Six, like, you know, that, 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 that hurts that you're like not making money for six months. And you live abroad and like you, you know, you're, you have bills to pay and you have things you're doing and you want to enjoy your time abroad. Like you want to go out and enjoy like, you know, whatever everybody else is doing, but you can't because you don't have money. So six months is a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's really not. And I think you said like, it took you really like a year and a half, two years to really like get to where you were like, okay, this is working now. And I think maybe because you were like, you, you almost quit. Like maybe the universe was like, no, we're going to show you that she should be doing this, and that's when it started to pick up. Like, um, because
1: yeah, that definitely I mean, every it was definitely time, a
0: pivotal moment for sure. Yeah, every time I've been like, I can't do this anymore. Like something comes along, and I'm like, oh, okay, like this is why I do this. Like someone re, you know, encourages me or re inspires me or whatever. Um, so I think like that has a lot to do with it too. But you know, it does take time to build a business, and you can't just expect. To be running before you walk, like doing what other people are doing just because they're in the same space as you, but they're at year three and you're at six months. Like, it, it's not going to happen that way. Like, I think all in all, you grew really quickly and that's huge. And you've learned a lot from it. And that's the most important thing is that you learn and you add skills to your tool belt. And yeah, you don't do now what you started out doing, but that helped you get to where you are now. And same for me. Like, what I initially thought I would do running my firm is not is not my primary thing anymore. It's something I still want to become my primary thing and I want to do more of it, but that's not my money maker right now. It's one of the many things I do. I've added on a lot of offerings because over time I've realized that I have more to do and more to offer and I can do, I can provide other value, not just this one thing. So I think also being willing to evolve over time is a big part of it, but what happened after year two? Like from year two to year four, where you are where you are now? Like, what was that? Like, what was the biggest change for you? You think?
1: Yeah, I think after applying to graduate school and deciding not to go, and it was kind of just like the fork in the road of okay, you either need to get pick you have to pick a lane, right? Like you need to just go full in on this or be done and go do something else, and. It was when I decided, okay, actually, I'm just going to go full in on this. I mean, up until this point, I had not even been like posting on social media for my business at all. Like it was something that I was kind of keeping secret (laughs) up until this point. Um, Like obviously my family knew I was like making money and my friends knew I like had this job, but I barely ever talked about it. I didn't post about it at all. There was no marketing I had all my business through just applying for jobs. I was part of a lot of Facebook groups and stuff where you can apply for jobs and then just referrals as well. So most of my business was built on referrals and applications. And I decided, okay, well, if I want this to be something really sustainable, if I want to have a career out of this, like then I need to start marketing. I need to fully commit and build an actual business. I think for those two years, I really treated it like a side hustle versus a business. And I think that's such a big mindset shift to make. And when you do make that decision, that's when things, you know, actually do pick up. Like, like we were talking about is there are times when you're like, Oh, I just really want to quit. But when you, every time you decide to stick it through and commit and seek it out, I feel like the universe really does reward you. And so I think at this time I was making around like 5k a month as a virtual assistant. And I was like, okay, next goal, 10k months. Uh, I was also training to be an online business manager. So I started stepping into more of a managerial role, which pays a lot better and, you know, just encompasses more of like the strategy piece and responsibility and close knit relationship with clients, which I really loved. And then for the next two years, I just went all in on that. I just, I started marketing myself. I started pushing myself to step out of my comfort zone. And I had a client who had a mastermind and I went through the, or I helped her run the mastermind like on the back end. But then after helping her run it, I think one or two times I asked her, Oh, can I actually be a coach in the mastermind? I will do it, you know, for this first round as just part of my retainer because I really wanted to have more speaking experience and I wanted to, you know, have more teaching experience. And I knew that in the future, I wanted to be more of a brand and have this personal brand and have a podcast or or something. I didn't know what it would be, but I just started making those baby steps with these like baby commitments. And that was started with showing up on social media, posting on social media, showing up on stories, selling offers, actually putting together like actual offers that I could make a website with, creating a full website, I didn't even have a full website at this point. <laughs> actually creating the website, putting the offers on there, yeah. Like I was just it was such a side hustle mentality for so long and it, I got really far with that, but I knew long term I couldn't keep running my running it the same way if I wanted to make more money, if I wanted to continue to grow and especially growing when i was also growing my skill set i wanted my business to grow with me and so it was really just about seeing the long term vision of like okay i want to hit 10k months or having some big goal whatever it is doesn't have to be monetary um or i want to book myself out or whatever and then just taking those like really micro steps but also pushing yourself out of your comfort zone like the past 2 years i feel like have just been straight like i've been kicked out of my comfort zone at this point and you know that's fun sometimes sometimes it's kind of sucks like you're just like oh, <laughs> oh my god I just want to like go crawl in a hole in my bed and like not talk to anyone for a week and just regulate my nervous system but it's been so worth it and just from the connections that I've gotten to make the people that I've met like even just having a presence online has been such a game changer just for me personally because I just love I love connecting with people I love getting to meet people. I've met a lot of people in real life. I've helped my clients host in-person retreats and gotten to go to them. And I've been to retreats as well. And that's stuff that I never even thought possible within those first two years of having a business.
0: Yeah. I think it's funny because I'm currently building my website and I just hired two assistants at the end of last year to help me start putting these systems and processes and actually leveling it up and I wasn't never treating it like a side hobby, but my mindset wasn't where I needed it to be for it to be successful. Like in a way I, like I, I was working part-time, so it was my side thing for a while. And I truly have only been on my own since September. So I'm still like the last four or five months, it's really been that mindset work of shifting from, you know. I have income coming in somewhere else. Like, it's okay if this doesn't work out to like, no, this is all I have. And like, transparently, like, yeah, like I make three to 5k a month, but like, you know, I know where my goals need to be. Like, I agree. I don't love talking about it only in the monetary sense. There's other metrics and other things that are important, but money is a, you need money to run a business. You don't need money to start a business, but you need money to keep it running. And, you know, if I want to keep doing this and I want to make a living, like I need to start leveling up and I need to do things very differently. So I'm working on the website I'm working on those systems and processes. And it's something I've actually talked about with Alex Porterfield, which I know you work with a lot. And she's been on this podcast. I'll link her episode below, but you know, maybe later this year, I will either get an online business manager or a, like a law firm coach one or the other. Like at some point I know I'm going to make that investment. Because I know that that is not my skill set, and like there is people I know who have done it themselves, but they burned out, and they're you know they built million dollar firms, and they're really like they love it, and their business is doing really well, but they're not where they want to be personally, and like ultimately why I chose going on my own was so I could live the lifestyle that I do, and I want to maintain that lifestyle and continue. I want my life to look and feel a certain way. And being a law firm owner and a business owner and a lawyer is a part of it, but it's not the whole thing. And so that's my mindset. And that's the reason why, and like remembering why I started. And I think that's a big part of it too. But in order to even have that, even if it is something that fits into your lifestyle, like you need to have money and systems and processes to keep it running. And I think it's huge that you know, for me, it's only been a year, and I'm at that point. You know, it took you those two, three years to really get there, but it's, you know, I think it's because I have access to people like you. I talk to people like you, where I see what you guys did wrong, and I can learn from it. So it's good that you're like, okay, like, you know, I can't go back and change it, but like, if I were to do things differently, I would, you know, this is what I would do. And that reflection—that's the hardest part about entrepreneurship, I think. Like the The emotional roller coasters of like you know reflecting on what you what you have done and what you could do differently and where you can learn from it and you know you don't have that safety net for a while like unless you have money sitting around to protect you or a job to go back to but at some point you do have to take that leap and go all in and stop treating it like a side hustle and like actually quit the job and like go for it and that's really really scary to do so walk me through like. You said like tangibly what you did, but what was that mindset shift like? And from then to like, you know, a year ago when you really started to implement that and you did the online business management course and you started, you know, working with other people and doing the masterminds and speaking engagements to now where you are in your business.
1: Yeah, I think it was realizing that, you know, it's kind of like the 80 to 20 rule. I think it's called the preto Principle where 20% of your actions are going to make up 80% of your results. And I think that is so true in business in the way of 20%, like we spend most of our time in business doing the 80%. That is not actually really taking us toward our goals. And we have this like set 20%. That's a really small, like one or two, maybe three things that you know, in your mind's you need to do like you you have been told it or you just know that it's the right thing you need to do it could be oh I want to start a business but I I know I need to post on I know I need to market myself on social media but I don't want to and you avoid it like it's your job to just avoid doing this thing and you go and you try every other thing possible to avoid doing this one thing and but when you actually just man up and like do the thing it changes the way your business runs. Like once I started, for example, once I started posting on social media and building relationships and using it as a relationship building tool on Instagram, I started making 10 to 15K months. I went from making 7K months at my max to 10 to 15 pretty easily. And I knew for a year before that, oh, I should really be utilizing social media better. I should be making these connections. I should be uh, marketing myself, learning how to market myself better, but I avoided it because I was scared. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I'm from Oklahoma. There was no one else like doing what I'm doing, um, at the time, especially really. And I, I didn't want, you know, want to deal with what people were thinking of me or, you know, just all the insecurities and the imposter syndrome of, well, I'm not an expert. Oh, I don't have a degree in this. Like there was just so many mindset things that came up with that, but it was really just deciding like, okay, I, to do it anyway. And from that moment, I really started to look at things that I wanted to do, but were actively avoiding doing or things that I knew I should do. I didn't even want to do them, but I was like, I know if I do this, this something is going to change. Like things are going to change in my business because I'm going to put myself at a different level. I'm going to be out of my comfort zone. I am going to be, you know, building a skill, whether it's speaking or um, you know teaching or you know whatever it is and just really trying to continually push myself to do those things and not waste time on doing the other 80% of things that I was doing to actively avoid that um so yeah i think there was just like a really big mindset shift in just deciding to show up and do the hard things anyway and it's you know it sounds easy and when you say it and i think in the moment it's it's yeah. very hard and it's scary and it's unknown like the unknown is scary and i think there are so many times where you know it's not like everything i do that's hard becomes like some amazing result that's that's not true at all like i do a lot of things and try a lot of things nowadays and so you know half of them don't really provide any result and it's just more of an experiment type of thing but at the end of the day, that's, that's fine because I'm just, I'm looking at it as an opportunity to continue learning, to continue growing, to see what is actually working, but you can't see what's going to work if you don't do anything in the first place.
0: Yeah. I think that's like kind of where I'm at right now. And it's, it's just, it is really scary and hard and practicality, you know, easier said than done, but I think definitely it's just, you have to do it like it's it's what you said you just have to, yeah, and I'm curious, like you know, how did your business change because it's funny, like you run a business running other people's businesses. that's what you do, but you also have to run your own so what is what are things that you've learned in for doing in other people's businesses that have scaled them to six and seven figures that has helped you scale your business like maybe you're not at that point where they're at in their business. But you're doing pretty well for yourself. So how did you like those things that you say, like you have to just learn and try those things to help other people's businesses? What have you learned from helping scale those businesses that you can take into practice in your own?
1: Yeah, I love this question. I think it's like the blessing and the curse of being behind the scenes is I've seen how successful businesses, you know, run. You also see how much effort and time and energy and That goes into even just making the day-to-day operations run or how many, you know, failed, you know, quote unquote failed flopped launches there are, Um, you know, like there, I have a client who, you know, she had a 250K launch last year, but she also spent, we, she spends like 30 hours a week of her time and her team's time just on content creation. Like that's so much time yeah. that goes into content creation. And yes, it can provide these amazing results, but if I'm looking at, Oh, I want to start a YouTube channel then I'm looking at what she does to keep her YouTube channel running. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's a lot of time. That's a lot of work. And especially having a business where I'm also having clients and working in other people's businesses as well. So my time is really, really split between my business and my clients' businesses. It's really having to be good at prioritizing, like, you know, what is the most important things I need to be doing in my business because I just don't have as much time And also, just trying to avoid like shiny object syndrome. Like, just because my client is doing something that that does not mean I need to be doing doing it or that I'm going to get the same results. But yeah, I feel like really prioritizing exactly what I need to be doing in the business, so that all of the time I'm putting in is providing some sort of ROI. I think the other really big thing I've seen with successful businesses is they really have the ability to. I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. They show up when they say that they're going to show up and they also have the ability to let go and let other people do their jobs when needed as well. So they're not micromanagers and they are not, they are also very, very disciplined in the way that they show up in their business. So one of my clients, like everything that she says that she does, like she's going to do, she does it. And I don't have to worry about oh, is she actually going to do that? I've had other clients as well on the other side of the coin where they say oh, this week I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I just already know they're not going to do it. And then at the end of the week, it's not done. And then they are, you know, having more roller coaster businesses. Their businesses is not con- they are not as consistent because they are not as consistent with showing up and you know doing the things that they need to be doing. Yeah, and those are the two biggest things I've learned is. Being consistent, but also letting people do their jobs—not micromanaging. That's something that I've really been working on learning recently. Having a team, uh, I've hired a team in the last like six months, and be my next letting question, my team do their so. job. Also, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think having a team has been like a whole new experience for me, and I've really had to like put on my CEO pants and be like, okay you need, cause I'm used to doing everything myself for the most part or delegating to my clients teams. And I'm like, no, you can't do everything yourself. Like you need to delegate, you need to, you know, trust that your team can do this just as good, if not better than you can, you need to be open to giving feedback and, you know, having the hard conversations and setting boundaries and setting deadlines and all of these things. And, um, the most successful ceos i work with are really really good at that they're really really good at setting boundaries they're really good at delegating they're really good at letting people like thrive in their role as well
0: yeah that was going to be my next question like i was like since you've learned that like you know that these that they have to rely on their teams and that delegation is a big part of it and that's also the part of running a business like you know there is people who run successful businesses when they do everything but that is not sustainable long term especially if you don't have a support system and like, you know, whether it's a partner or a family or a safety net financial, like you can't do it all alone. Like not everybody can, some people can, but that's not sustainable. So I was going to ask like, what does delegation look like for you or how are you going to start implementing that in the future? Cause for me, hiring two assistants, I've only had them for a few months, but I already can't imagine not having them. And I'm looking for, like I said, like a business manager, or I hired a CPA to help me handle the finance side of things because I I don't know that world. I'm not good at math. And, you know, and having like I'm looking at law clerks and paralegals to help me handle the workload so I can do more of the man the content creation and the marketing side that is going to bring in more clients and more work. Like it's a it's a cycle. There's a lot of things, but how do you handle delegation?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like just every week I sit down on Monday or sometimes just on Friday for the next week and I really map out like everything that's going on in the business and I just call it like a delegation, delegation session with myself. And, you know, I plan ahead what I'm going to do for the next week. And then I look at that and I say, okay, what can I delegate? And I try to do this a bit earlier as well. Like if I can, so if I, for example, if I onboard a new client and then we have our strategy call and then I can already start mapping out like our project plan for the next, you know, two or three weeks i make sure to sit down and do that so that then i can already start delegating pieces or at least picking okay this is what i'm going to delegate so i can tell my assistant these are what we're going to you're going to be working on even if i don't have all the details yet and then she just already knows okay i need to kind of save time for this and save you know time for this and come back to this and so just having these this time with yourself to make those decisions and you know do it from a place of not trying to rush yourself or um not trying to be like last minute with everything like oh well i need this done by tomorrow or you know i need this done in 2 days i feel like that coming from a really stressful place is very very hard to manage a team under and it's also very hard on team members as well um and that's just from my own experience of working with clients who are just very last minute i didn't like working for clients who were very last minute so I try to not do that to my team. And the better I've gotten at delegating, I have the same where I'm like, oh my God, I could not imagine doing this without an assistant, especially now that I have so many more marketing efforts because you know, the thing is you have to identify what tasks are CEO tasks? Like what tasks are the tasks only you can do? Obviously recording this podcast is something you can only, you can do your assistant cannot record this podcast for you. You know, marketing is a huge piece. Like that's typically something only you can do, or you have to kind of be in somewhat charge of, um, with the ideation or, you know, the reviewing and stuff like you have to have a big part in that client work. You, you know, I have to be on the strategy calls with clients. Like that's something I, I have to do, but everything else around that, you know, actually setting up a system or setting up a tool, I can have my assistant do that under my guidance. I can tell her what I want her to do, but she can actually spend the hours going in there and like working out the details and setting that up. So, it's really being able to like pick apart these tasks and being able to let go of things that you actually don't need to be doing, even if you even if you can do it, just because you can do it does not mean you should be doing it. So even if you can do it, even if you enjoy doing it, like I enjoy setting up a ClickUp workspace for sure when I have the time, but that's just not what, where my time is best spent at all. So yeah, I think those are, that's the biggest like mindset and tactical thing you really have to work on. No, I love that so much. Cause I was going to ask you, like, how do you
0: reflect on what isn't, isn't working in your own business and also in other, in your clients' businesses and how do you take what you're learning in those businesses and apply them to your own. So I like that you have like delegation sessions with yourself and then pick apart the tax and then assign them accordingly. I don't quite do it so like neatly, like where I like call it something, but I like think I kind of, in a way do that where I have like a master Google doc of all the things I want to do. And I assigned it to each of my assistants of like what they're better suited for. And for the most part, I'm still early enough where I'm reviewing almost everything that they're doing because it's my name on the the door, but yeah. Getting to the point where, yeah, but we're getting to the point where, you know, they're doing things on their own and it's helpful. It's very, very helpful. And so you have one assistant, you have more people or like what size is your team
1: right now? So I have one main assistant and then I have other contractors that I will work with if I need, like I have a website person who helps with building website pages and websites. Um, I have just an an admin assistant who does some admin things here and there. Uh, My main assistant is like a technical, a tech VA assistant. So she really helps me with a lot of the execution pieces on the projects. And I think I will end up probably hiring someone else like not replacing her, but having a second person doing that job as well eventually as my client load grows. And ideally I would also like to have a client manager or like an online business manager as well. But yeah, so pretty small team, but I, I really enjoy that. I want to keep it as lean as possible because I feel like that just makes it so much easier to manage and keep everyone on the same page.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with keeping it lean right now. I have the two, but I want to have, I have a contract attorney for some things. I want to hire another contract attorney at some point later this year. And I want to hire a law clerk and a paralegal, um, the paralegal who knows more than I do. So I can, you know, start offering better services and more expertise. And then a law clerk to train, to be a mini me. So, you know, when there's overflow, it's not just me staying up till midnight to do work. But I think it's, it's important to be lean and know, like, and also I think you don't have to hire employees. I think nowadays there
1: could be, a lot can be done with contractors and. Yeah. It, I would say most of my clients build their business up to seven figures with just contractors. Oh like, yeah. You know, I know a lot of, I would say. Yeah.
0: We've done that too. But I think it's cool that, you know, as your business has evolved, you've, you've noticed that those are the, the changes that need to be made. Um, And like I said, I love having people in my circle that kind of, even though you are not an attorney and you're not running a law firm, a lot of things that you've implemented are things I could learn from. And that is super helpful to me. I think surrounding yourself with the right kind of people is also a really important part of entrepreneurship. Um, But I wanted to talk about too, like I mentioned at the beginning, holistic entrepreneurship. And I wanted to talk about, you said like health and wellness is something that's always been very important to you you do a lot of different things. You wear a lot of different hats, even though you're delegating. How do you, like you said, and time management and prioritization. And I talk about that a lot too, but what does like an average like day and week in your life look like, how do you get everything done and how do you still make time for you and your relationships and your family and your friends and like your life outside of work?
1: Yeah. I think it's always a work in progress, you know, as our lives change and adjust it's something that always needs to be changed. I think that's something that I realized um, within the past year. It's like, you know, there's not like a set perfect routine of, oh, and this morning I do this. And, you know, tomorrow I, on Tuesdays, I live my life like this. I think I've really learned to be flexible with it, but with that flexibility, I feel like you really do still need some sort of structure and foundations. And this is what I try to do with my business as well. And, What I do in my clients' businesses is building out, you know, these foundational systems where at the end of the day, even if we are running on the bare minimum of effort that we want to run on, the business can still run. And I try to have my business like that as well, where it's just making it as easy as possible to be able to show up and be consistent day in and day out, week in, week out. And so, you know, maybe that looks like having the having your client onboarding process completely automated so you don't have to open your laptop every time you want to, you know, sign on a new client or having your content processes really nailed down and, and being able to batch your content one or two weeks out so you're not scrambling every day to make a post and then if you end up having a really busy day you're not posting. And so I think it's really looking at your goals of how, what do you want to accomplish each each week? Getting super clear about that. Like if my goals are, I want to post three times this week on Instagram. I want to record a podcast episode. I have client work to do. I need to, I want to finish this client project. Really getting clear on what these goals are and then making sure I have the system set up to be able to accomplish that. So if I know I want to post three pieces of content this week, okay, well, how can I create that in advance, you know, Maybe the week before or at the beginning of the week, so that it's ready to go. And then on a Wednesday, if I am suddenly slammed with calls and I'm busy all day and I just don't have the headspace to write a caption, that's fine because I just have it ready to go in my notes and I can just post it. And whenever you have these systems and processes like really clearly outlined, it just takes away so much mental, it puts back so much mental energy on your plate because you're not having to think, start from scratch every time you want to do about something. You're not having to think like, oh, well now I have to, I said I was going to post these times this week and now I have to think of a post. Like sometimes even just thinking of a post is like the hardest part of creating the post, you know, it's the thought that actually goes into it. And it's the same with so many things we do with our businesses. And even with delegating to a team, that's why I like to, I, like you said, like sit down and have a place where I can look at everything that's going on and then delegate it out, you know, in one session. So then the rest of the week, I don't have to think about delegating to my team. My team knows what they're doing all week. If they have questions, they can ping me in Slack. But other than that, great. It's, it's just something else that's off my plate, which allows me to have the space to, you know, disconnect from work at the end of the day, because I'm not thinking, oh, there's always so much more. I mean, there always is so much more you can do, but I'm like, oh, well there's time for that tomorrow because I have my day set. I have the structure in place for the week. I know what I'm doing each day. I know I'm going to accomplish that tomorrow. And if something does come up, then I have to push something back. That's fine because I have a system for managing all my projects. And, you know, even just in the mornings, I have a, I, we were talking about this before we started recording, but I also do like really slow mornings. I don't really start working until 11, or 11. Um, and I work a bit later, especially because of my time zone. But You know, I don't want to be stressed out in the mornings. I want to have that time to work out and to meditate and to read and to do whatever you know I want to do. And I have to make to be able to do that and to be able to do that with uh, without stress. I have to make sure that the my time in my business is really, really well spent, and I know that's happening because of the systems that I have in place to keep my business running during those times.
0: Yeah but how do you make time for you? Like, you know, what do you do on your slow mornings when you stop at the, at the end of the night? Like, what do you do? What do you do on weekends? Like, how do you replenish, how do you make more time for you and the people in your life and the energy, you know, replenish that energy?
1: Yeah. I think a big thing for me is just making sure I'm resting enough. Um, I'm a projector in human design and it's like a big, if you know anything about human design, it's very big and rest and just recovering. I do, I read a lot. Um, I have a Kindle unlimited subscription. So (laughs) I read a lot on my Kindle, especially at night. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I read a lot after work. That's kind of how I decompress. Um, You know, I let myself watch TikTok for an hour if that's what I want to do. I'm pretty flexible with stuff like that. I just make sure that I'm not working. I also have separate Instagram accounts. So I have like a a personal account where I only follow my friends and family. And so at the end of the night, I will switch to that account. So even if I do open up Instagram, I'm not automatically seeing notifications and business and, you know, stuff like that, just to really make sure I'm giving my brain, a break. And then on weekends and stuff, I try not to open my email, try not to really, you know, check Instagram. Cause I am one of those people. If I see an email that like needs my attention, I will not stop thinking about it until I actually yeah. reply. <laughs> um, yeah. I need to be better about that. Yeah, yeah. And, so hard. Yeah. And I think just with the mornings and stuff, it's just finding the things that you really like, like, I love having a slow morning. I love the routine that I've built for myself. You know, I love getting to meditate for twenty minutes and I I've really tried to tie that into like long, you know, by day benefits where I feel like, oh, I'm spending twenty minutes meditating in the morning and that's making setting up my day for so much better, a better experience at the end of the day. So, you know, trying to kind of tie in how that time in the morning is actually making me more productive throughout the rest of the day as well. Um, which me who knows if it is. I'm sure maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but you know, I think sometimes we can just have such a hard time, like not spending every hour working. And even though that's just not possible and not sustainable, but you, you do need to make sure to have the time for yourself and that you're resting and recovering. And yeah, I love to hang out with friends, go just get drinks, talk, chill, um, explore. I live in Amsterdam, so there's lots of museums and stuff to see all the time. So I love to do that as well. Yeah. I think, That's my hardest part is even in my slow mornings
0: or at night or weekends like I need to stop having my phone next to me. I love reading. I'm a Kindle person too. My Kindle's always dead, so I read on my phone. So my phone's always in my hands, and I need to be better (laughs) about not having my phone in my hands. That's something like I really need to work on this year. And I like joke that I like I can't wait for my slow summer, like at the beach, where I'm not like gonna be at events and always on all the time and like. I just, I'm really looking forward to, I need to slow down and be more present when I'm not working because it's really hard for me to turn my brain off because my phone's always in my hands and knowing when is the right time to be like, okay, work is done for the day. Like I'm good at hard stopping work, but doesn't mean I'm not checking my emails and my phone and like my notifications. And I, it, it does cause me anxiety and I'm a manifesting generator, actually, like human design. And I, like, we are the serial entrepreneur. We are the people always A million different things. I wasn't always trying new things, always new ideas, and starting them. And it's like, I am that person, and I need to, like, and I I can come up with a million business ideas for somebody else, but I can't execute for shit. And so I hired a a Capricorn. (laughs) She's so I'm a Sagittarius, my assistant's a Capricorn, my admin girl. And I'm like, she gets my ideas and she executes in a way that I literally would never be able to because I just, like, I'm not the detail oriented person, I'm the big picture person. So it's good that you're a little bit of both. Like I I wish I was more of the detail person, but I am just not. I that's something I need to hire for. Like you hire for your weaknesses. And I'm working on yeah, definitely. things this year so I can slow down and you know turn my phone off and turn my brain off and you know take a deep, like take a deep breath, take a step back because there's so much I want to do and I there's so much I need to do to get to where I want to be, but like I, I can't keep or like going, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Like it's that's that's the journey that this year will be um, in the growth, you know year two of the firm and you know year two of entrepreneurship and it's it's a figuring out year for sure, but it it shall be interesting. What do you think like the biggest piece of advice for someone who wants to be an entrepreneur, particularly in the online space? They don't necessarily know what they want to do. maybe something you said here was like, oh, like maybe I can do that. I have those skills. like what is the biggest thing you wish you would have known when you started? or the biggest piece of advice you have to someone
1: who wants to get started? Um, yeah, I would say the biggest piece of advice I could give someone is just like practice being resilient, like not looking at failure as failure. It's just another step along the journey. It's all a learning experience. Have the beginner's mindset of there's always something here to learn. I think especially as you go through entrepreneurship, you can kind of get a bit not stuck up but you know a bit oh i already know all of this type of stuff and there there is something that is so underrated about just going back to basics and really having really solid basics and foundations and those are built in your first you know year of entrepreneurship and i think just having the muscle of being able to keep going and to it's okay to be discouraged and it's okay to want to quit and to you know go search for jobs on linkedin and to you know have a crying session on the couch for sure like you need all of those things too but also just know in the back of your mind like i'm gonna have this job search session on linkedin today and tomorrow i'm gonna show up on my instagram again i'm gonna you know show up where i need to show up and do the things i need to do for my business to keep going and I really think it's a muscle. It's something that you just, you have to keep practicing and it gets easier as you go. At first, I think it feels very unnatural because it can really feel like the universe is telling you, don't do this. Like it just feels so hard to keep going. But, and especially for you, like if you're in your second year and you're like, this is a figure it out year, like this is your chance to just figure it out and like try as many things as possible. And Not just try things and then like move on and forget about it, but try things and then look at what worked, what didn't work, like what can I learn from this and really make sure you're taking away from each experience something that is tangible and like another kind of just you're basically building your own staircase to your success. And so just being really intentional about it, but yeah, also just, you know, remembering that tomorrow is a new day, it's another chance to keep going and you. You no, know, it's like the cheesy quote. Like you don't, um, what is it? You you can't fail and, unless you quit. Like quitting is really the only version of failure. As long as you keep going, then it's it's not really a failure in the end of the day.
0: Yeah. That and if you don't learn from it, I think that's the other like failure. But I agree, resilience is essential as an entrepreneur. It's something that I'm luckily very familiar with and I'm, I think I'm pretty good at. <laughs> but it's that softer side and that reflection side. Like I tend to I used to be the type of person I would only reflect when like things got bad. And like, I was at rock bottom and like, let me like pull myself out of here instead of like doing it periodically. And that's something that, you know, I need to be better about and, you know, learning from my mistakes and learning from things that maybe didn't work out and trying new things and, you know, implementing things, learning from them, you know, maybe I scrap it, but, you know, try again. Yeah, that's all, that's the figure it out year that I'm in for sure. But What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in the last four years of entrepreneurship?
1: Oh my gosh. So much. I think so much of entrepreneurship is a personal growth journey as well. Like I have really learned so much about myself in the way of just coming into my own self-confidence. And I think it's also probably just being in my twenties as well. Like I'm 27. Um, I know you're 26. So it's, part of, I think also just growing up, but growing up and being an entrepreneur is like, like, you know, self, self self-discovery on steroids, basically, (laughs) because everything you do is like impacting your business as well. And I think the biggest thing I've learned is just how important mindset is and how much my mindset has really played into my entrepreneurial journey and how much my, you know, childhood has played into my decision making and just really being able to reflect back on situations and not blame, not feel like it was unfair or what I went through was, you know, something terrible or whatever, but just being able to be like yes that happened and you know here i am today and this is why i am the way i am and this is what led me here and i'm going to make the most of it and just having this like radical self acceptance of this is who i am this is what i want to do i'm going to trust that this is my journey um i feel like especially the past past year 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 and a half i've really dove into mindset work and it's just been such an eye opening experience about how you know, great life can really be if you let it be great, you know, if you take control of your life and you make the decisions you want to make. And I think that's impacted my personal life so much as well, because I, I, I'm i living abroad. Like I'm also in the situation where I'm meeting people all the time. I'm networking. I'm trying to make friends as well. You know, half the time, that's also something that's hard when you work online and you move to a new city or something, you have to go and make friends and, and meet people. And you need this like radical self-acceptance and this confidence to, to do that and to build relationships that are genuine relationships. And so I think, yeah, that would definitely be like the biggest piece that I've learned about myself is just how to love myself and accept myself as I am and still continue to grow and enjoy the journey as it goes.
0: No, I I could not agree more. I think my I always say like confidence comes from keeping promises to yourself and last year 25 was the year that I finally learned to trust myself and I'm working on that radical self-acceptance and self-love like I'm proud of myself I'm very resilient I'm proud of how far I've come I'm grateful everything happens for a reason like I know I wouldn't be where I am today had all those things not happened and I'm grateful for them but still like sometimes it's hard to trust that Trust my gut and trust my intuition. And, you know, my human design, like it says, like I'm a sacral authority and learning to trust that intuition and not listening to my brain because the logical side of me wants to come in and be like, no. And I'm like, no,
1: I have to do this. Yeah. I'm (laughs) also a sacral authority. So (laughs) I get that.
0: Even if it's like people won't like that, society says, like, you shouldn't, like, you have to do what you got to do. And, you know, learning to just, you know, trust the process and love yourself through it no matter what happens I think that's kind of also where I'm at and like you said like the biggest thing in the last year for you has been the mindset shift and like you've learned so much about yourself in entrepreneurship I think I joke and I think I took this like I'm getting an MBA in life like this is this is what that's exactly true and what I'm doing and I'm I would not change it for the world but doesn't mean it's not hard and sometimes it it really does suck but it's the best of both worlds. I, I joke that it's a Hannah Montana life, but like I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah,
1: that's a good way to put it. I think the the rewards are definitely worth the risk or the you know, yeah, it's definitely you worth it. it at the end of the day. But yeah,
0: yeah, you wouldn't like what would, like the risk it before like you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Like it's not worth it if you didn't have to work hard for it. Like if it comes too easy or like that was too easy. Like no, that can't be real. So it's it's nice when you look back and you're like. Damn, yeah. I, like that one. That one. That was success. Like you know, I'm proud of that, and that's the thing I think is for me. Just learning to be proud of myself of where I'm at, even though I want more for myself, and there's always more I could be doing. The work's never over, but being really proud of where I'm at, and that comes with trusting myself, and self love, and self acceptance, and you know, being open to what else is out there for me, and just keep grinding every single day. So I love this. Where can everybody find you? pip yourself out. I'll
1: link it all below. Uh, You can find me on Instagram. (laughs) If I didn't talk about it enough this episode, I'm uh, at systems with Sam and you can see all about um, my business journey there, what I do with clients. And then I also have my own podcast beyond the systems, which Kayla will be on as well. So I'm really excited to have her on and yeah, definitely come and say hi and shoot me a DM. If you find me. Awesome. I will link it all below and we will see you next week.